Hello and welcome to ClassicalPodcast.com. I'm Lou Smoley, and it's been our great pleasure to offer you our diverse programs of classical music, which include commentary, panel discussions, and interviews, all free of charge for more than five years. We are delighted with the huge response to our programs and are proud of the fact that ClassicalPodcast.com is the most listened to website of its kind in the world. If you've enjoyed our programs and would like to have them continue as a free service, please consider supporting the website by making a contribution. Donations are made through PayPal on our website homepage, classicalpodcasts.com. We encourage you to make a monthly contribution if you can. All revenues from our donations will be used to defray the expenses of the website. Classicalpodcast.com, Inc. is a nonprofit organization, and all donations are tax-deductible under applicable U.S. tax laws. We thank you for listening to our programs, hope you continue to do so, and for your generous support of ClassicalPodcast.com. Hello and welcome to the Opera Box. I'm Lou Smoley, and today we're going to feature something, I think, very special. As I'm sure many of you know, uh, opera stories, either the text or just the tale itself, uh, have been used by several composers in certain instances. In fact, I suspect that the most famous example is La Boheme, uh, written uh, two operas, two different composers, variations on uh, which vocalist takes on which roles, uh, the most famous, of course, by Puccini, but there's another contemporary opera by Leon Cavallo called La Boheme. Uh, and uh, there are so many examples. The one we're going to present on this program is The Barber of Seville, not by Rossini, but by Giovanni Paisiello, who uh, was of an earlier period, not all that distant uh, from Rossini. Paisiello was born in 1740, near Toronto in the Kingdom of Naples and died in June of 1816 in Naples, probably achieving during his lifetime, which was a rather uh, up-and-down circumstance, uh, great fame as a Neapolitan composer of operas. Uh, his music was much admired, particularly for its robust realism and dramatic power. After early successes... Uh, in his uh, native Naples. Uh, in 1776, Paisiello was invited by the Russian Empress, the famous Catherine the Great, to St. Petersburg, and he remained there for about eight years, uh, producing many operas, including I Barbieri di Sevilla, The Barber of Seville, in 1782. Uh, it was considered his masterpiece. Uh, the libretto was set by Giuseppe Petrosellini after the Beaumarchais comedy, Le Bobbiere de Seville. And uh, later on, though, Paisiello left Russia. He went to Vienna. He composed there for Joseph II, uh, entering the service later uh, of Ferdinand IV of Naples. 
and became the music director there for about 15 years. Wrote several operas uh, that were important, among them La Molinare in 1788 and Nina in 1789. Uh, But uh, unfortunate changes in politics and dynasties uh, in uh, Naples uh, resulted in his leaving. He was invited to Paris, however, in 1802 by Napoleon. Uh, And there he wrote for the emperor uh, a few operas. But in 1803, only a year later, uh, he wasn't very happy with the reception uh, that his opera Proserpina received. And in fact, he was so disappointed uh, that he, he just decided to return to Naples and did so a year later. So he didn't have much of a sojourn in Paris. Uh, It was in Naples that um, the politics that caused him to leave in the first place was settled down soon after Joseph Napoleon, uh, the emperor's older brother, uh, had taken power there. Uh, And, in fact, Joseph reappointed Paisiello uh, into the original positions he had when he was in uh, Naples uh, the first time. Uh, And so one would think all was well. Uh, But the Bonaparte family began to uh, become unsettled, uh, and their their power uh, in Naples was was diminished. Uh, In fact, uh, uh, there was a kind of minor revolution, if you will, and King Ferdinand took over, uh, restored uh, power, uh, but this caused uh, Paisiello's fortunes to fall. And consequently, uh, the composer passed away uh, only a year uh, after he had uh, uh, been reinstated into his positions in Naples. Nevertheless, he had a a career of some substance, uh, and uh, unfortunately his name became eclipsed over the years. Uh, It's a pity, uh, particularly because Barbara Seville, his version was often considered not only his best work, but one of the best works of the late 19th century, operatic works of the late 19th century. The librettist Petro Cellini stuck pretty closely to Beaumarchais' text, so there is very little uh, difference uh, in terms at least of the text uh, and, the, and the scenarios between uh, the Barbara Seville as Paisiello wrote it and the later work from 1816, uh, of Rossini. Uh, Nevertheless, I I thought I would go through the story, Uh, at least you'll have it here. Uh, And uh, there's one word before we do that about the structure of the work. Uh, Originally, it was written in four acts, as was Beaumarchais' play. Uh, Then it it got changed uh, somewhat because there's an exception that it was a little confusing. Uh, And, of course, there are other practicalities about having four-act operas, uh, which were notorious at the time. Uh, And uh, so what we have in the recording we're going to hear is a two-part structure, which combines the first two acts as the first part and the second two as the second part. There is some background to the story that you may recall, 
whole, it involves old Dr. Bartolo, who plans to marry his richly endowed ward, Rosina. In fact, on the day after the opera begins. Uh, he doesn't really intend to do so out of a deep love for her. He, he has a more interest uh, in her father, uh, who he thought might uh, avo- av- avail uh, Dr. Bartolo of some of his funds, uh, both as dowry and for other purposes. Uh, but Rosina has a more attractive suitor in mind. Uh, Count Almaviva uh, is actually unknown to her uh, at the beginning of the opera, but turns out to be the one that uh, she wants. Uh, he, however, uh, comes to his interest in her strangely. Uh, he's somewhat tired and a bit disgusted with the easy pleasures of the court and wants to find someone who could love him for himself rather than for his position and his title. But Racine has already captured his eye, uh, and so before the opera begins, he finds that Rosina and her guardian, Bartolo, are leaving the capital for Seville. Uh, and he wants to follow them, as of course he does. Part one begins uh, in a square in Seville. It's early dawn, uh, and uh, count, the count appears. Uh, waiting impatiently for Rosina to reveal herself on the balcony. Uh, Figaro enters uh, in his jaunting fashion. He's got a mandolin slung over his shoulder, and he's singing uh, rather loudly uh, a song about wine and boredom, um, making sure that it contains enough words about how great he is uh, to convince himself, I suppose. Uh, There, Figaro runs into the Count. Although in disguise, uh, Figaro makes through that very quickly, recognizes what, in fact, uh, is his former master. Uh, He had worked for him in one of his many careers as a kind of -of jack-of-all-trades. But quickly, the Count disabuses him of any intention to reveal uh, who, in fact, he is to anyone. Uh, and uh, so as this occurs, Rosina opens the shutters uh, of the balcony uh, and appears singing a lovely morning song. Uh, then Bartolo, her guardian, moves to her side and notices a piece of paper in her hand. Uh, she's quick to make up something, Uh, about it. Uh, It doesn't satisfy the rather uh, suspicious Bartolo. In fact, when Rosina lets the piece of paper drop into the street, uh, Bartolo goes off to try and retrieve it, uh, and she tries at the same time to signal the count beneath, uh, uh, who picks up the note before Bartolo can reach the street. Naturally, Bartolo's suspicions are aroused, and and he vows that he'll never again open the shutters for Rosina, uh, and so on. Uh, but at last, the Count is rewarded for his rather patient vigil, uh, Rosina's message, in which she asks him to tell her uh, his name, rank, and situation, uh, but using the device of interpolating the words in the song on which this letter was written. 
The joyous count now tells Figaro uh, why he's in Seville, and in disguise, no less. He asks Figaro to help him rescue Rosina from the clutches of her guardian. Figaro once more proves himself a resourceful and rather ingenious rogue, for as Bartolo's barber, his surgeon, and druggist, uh, he has access to the house, uh, and he schemes now with the Count uh, as to how he might trap Bartolo in one way or another to uh, help the Count along with his plans. Figaro suggested maybe he could get billeted in Dr. Bartolo's house, and that certainly would help the situation, uh, but uh, to hold off any suspicions, the Count should pretend to be drunk. Now Bartolo's front door opens and the conspirators hide away. Uh, the, uh, Bartolo is on his way to see Don Basilio, who is Rossini's music teacher, uh, to help arrange a secret marriage between them. So Figaro gives uh, the Count his mandolin, and uh, the Count then begins to sing a cavatina to Rosina, uh, in which he identifies himself as Lindoro, and says that as far as riches are concerned, it is love alone that gives him wealth. But just as Rosina takes up the melody, uh, she's interrupted suddenly when the window is closed. Well, I guess whom? <laughs> and uh, uh, this strikes uh, a great joy in, in the Count, uh, in that uh, she has taken up his love for her. And uh, Figaro then decides he's going to help out the situation and uh, as the scene ends. Uh, in part two, uh, we are now uh, in Rosina's room. Uh, she takes full advantage of Bartolo's absence to write a letter to her lover, but how to get it to him is the question. Uh, she remembers seeing Figaro talking to him, uh, and perhaps... Uh, it would be Figaro who would act for her. Uh, at this point, Figaro enters conveniently and uh, thrills Racina with the news that Lindoro is desperately in love with her. Uh, soon Bartolo uh, is at the front door, and she quickly hands Figaro the letter that she just wrote and begs him to give it to Lindoro. The first part of Figaro's plot is to drug the servants... Uh, and give them a sneezing powder. When Bartolo questions them, uh, we have one of the uh, rather uh, fascinating opera buffa our, uh, trios uh, of this opera. In fact, here Paisiello uses the voices of the two servants somewhat as instruments, their yorns resembling cello glissandi, and their sneezes uh, given the rhythm of, of clashing cymbals. But, of course, Bartolo can get nothing out of them and angrily dismisses them. Now Basilio enters and tells Bartolo that the Count of Almaviva is in Seville in disguise. Uh, and Bartolo knows that it was the Count who was searching for Rosina all over Madrid. Uh, he's afraid, naturally, uh, that, that the whole arrangement that he's been working so feverishly at 
uh, to get uh, his ward married off uh, may be in danger. Uh, here, uh, Basilio suggests uh, that he can dispose of his opponent rather quickly by slander. And we have the famous calumny aria that follows. Basilio assures Bartolo that everything is going to be fine and that they, the marriage will take place tomorrow. Uh, and uh, the doctor escorts the wily music master, Basilio, to the front door. Figaro, who had been hiding all this time, uh, emerges to tell Rosina of Bartolo's intentions. Uh, he, he assures her uh, there'll be some surprises here uh, for the doctor and his uh, matrimonial agent, uh, Bartolo. Figaro leaves quickly, and Bartolo re-enters, still very suspicious of Rosina. He notices that her finger is ink-stained and asks her whether she's been writing, uh, and she quickly responds, uh, I burned my finger and dipped it in an inkwell to soothe the pain, but that doesn't uh, uh, fool Bartolo in the slightest. Uh, he notices a sheet of writing paper is missing uh, and asks for an explanation. Oh, I wrapped it in some candy uh, and sent it to Figaro's daughter. Further questioning by him uh, turns out fruitless. Uh, she has quick excuses, but Bartolo warns his ward that he'll lock her up uh, if she doesn't behave. So he is on his way out and uh, nearly runs into the Count, who is disguised as a dragoon. Uh, he pretends to be drunk uh, and encourages Bartolo uh, by distorting his name, which in turn becomes Barbaro, Balordo, Bartoldo, and so on. Uh, after they exchange rather unpleasant remarks, the Count confronts Bartolo with the billeting order, but is taken aback, of course, when Bartolo responds that he's been exempt uh, from this responsibility. But the Count is insistent and demands to see the document, uh, and the old man goes to his desk to find it, and this enables Bar uh, the Count, Almaviva in disguise, uh, an opportunity to reveal himself to Rosina uh, and arrange to pass her a letter. Finally, Bartolo finds the exemption certificate and starts to read it, but the Count knocks it to the floor. As a result, Bartolo orders him out of his house, but the still tipsy Count uh, decides that he's going to interpret this order as a challenge to a duel, and he begins to engage in a mock fight with Bartolo. The resulting confusion uh, enables Rosina to snatch up the letter, which naturally Bartolo notices. After the Count finally leaves, Bartolo begins to question Rosina about the letter. She claims that it's a private note for her cousin and simply won't tell anyone what it says. Bartolo storms out uh, and locks the front door. Uh, Rosina quickly switches letters, feeling more secure after having taken this latest precaution. 
Bartolo settles down uh, at last, and yet he still threatens to take the letter from her by force if she refuses to comply with his request. Rosina quickly swoons, always a convenience, and Bartolo seizes hold of the letter, only to find that it in fact was a note to her cousin. Uh, when Rosina wakes up from her swoon, uh, Bartolo beg- begs her to forgive him and promises that he'd be nice in the future. After he leaves Rosina alone, she reads Lindoro's letter. Too late, she learns that, for tactical reasons, her lover wishes her to remain on bad terms with her guardian. Uh, she sings a lyrical cavatina, Giusto Ciel, in which she longs for peace. And so ends the first act uh, of the opera, The Barber of Seville, by Giovanni Paisiello. In the cast, Rosina is sung by Graziella Schiuti, Count Almaviva by Niccolo Monti, Rolando Panerai sings Figaro, Renato Capecchi is Dr. Bartolo, Mar- Mario Petri as Basilio, uh, and the Virtuosi di Roma is conducted by Renato Fasano.
Grotesco e comico, 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 grotes
io non mi inganno è quello il conte certo è costui quel birbo figaro è quello il conte è quello il conte certo certo è quel birbo figaro non non mi inganno non non mi inganno Signore, riccon se parli, non parlo certo, non dominarmi, bene eccellenza, usa prudenza, se la domanda va via di qua, parlarlo a te con resta qua, se la domanda va via di qua, parlarlo a te con resta qua, va via di qua, no, resta qua. Via di qua, no, resta qua. Certo mi intendo, certo mi accaso, certo mi intrigo, mi ci sarà, certo mi intrigo, mi ci sarà, certo mi accaso, mi ci sarà, certo mi destro, certo mi accaso, certo mi accaso, mi gioverà, certo mi accaso, mi gioverà, certo mi accaso, mi gioverà, mi gioverà, mi gioverà. Sei così grosso e grasso che io non t'aveva certo conosciuto. Per miseria così son divenuto. Ma cosa fai in Siviglia quando da me sortisti t'aveva raccomandato ad un ministro per un buon impiego? E lo tenni eccellenza, è vero, non niego. Chiamami Sollindoro, non vedi a questo mio travestimento che incognito esser voglio? Ubbidirò. Ebbene, questo impiego, da quel posto, signor, fui discacciato. <ride> Ma perché? Dimmi un poco. L'invidio c'è, l'invidio giusti dei. Fu la cagione di tutti i mali miei fu la cagione di tutti i mali miei e come tu verseggi io poc'anzi osservai che componevi e cantavi con molta buona grazia e questo fu, signore, la mia disgrazia. Quando il ministro seppe che facea sonetti, madrigali, epitalami, idilli, odi e canzoni ed altre sorte di composizioni, egli tragicamente, o sorteria, dall'impiego mi fece mandar via. <ride> E tu allora, ed io allora, per non saper che fare, mi misi per le Spagne a viaggiare.
cascai, vecino verai cascai, vecino verai cascai, e col mio bagaglio addosso me ne corsi a più non posso, e col mio bagaglio addosso me ne corsi a più non posso, a più non posso, a più non posso.
Cantate indifferente sull'aria e strofe di questa canzone, il nome vostro, stato e condizione. Mentre sa per desio chi sia quello che amar tanto sostina, la sfortunata e misera Rosina. Ed è sol poco che ho scoperto che chi ama si Rosina. Dun medico consor Con lei la sbaglia non è che sua pupilla Tu conosci il tutor Come mia madre Geloso, avaro della pupilla sua Innamorato Ha il tuo accesso in sua casa E come? Io sono suo barbiere, suo chirurgo e suo speziale Ah, figaro felice Ah, 
Ponte si ovvenir potessi. Or mi viene un'idea. Un reggimento arriva in questa piazza. Il colonnello è amico mio. Va bene. Lo presentarsi deve dal dottore in uniforme alla militare. Con biglietto d'alloggio. E per non dar di lei per un sospetto, procuri d'ubriaco a per l'aspetto. Eccellente! E sì, sì, così facciamo! S'apre la porta! Ecco il nostro uomo! Fuggiamo! Io ritorno all'istante che non passi nessuno! Oh! Che pazzia! Poco fa l'essere sceso! E, e, e Basilio, perché non viene? Doveva il tutto preparare che il matrimonio si facesse domani segretamente. Vado a vedere se mai ha fatto niente. E intesi, o c'è domani sposa Rosina. Chi è questo Basilio che si frammischia nel suo matrimonio? È un povero disperato che la musica insegna alla pupilla. Bisognoso all'eccesso, ma eccola! Cos'è? Non vede, dietro la gelosia, ma non guardi! E perché? Non ho ella scritto, cantate indifferente! Ma come mai cantare? Come lei vuole! Tutto ciò che dirà sarà eccellente!
alla finestra qualcuno la sorprese che spirito che brio figaro credi tu che a me si doni credo Pria di mancar che passeria attraverso di quella gelosia. Rosina in questo di sarà mia sposa. E se lei, signor Figaro, mi serve senza far con nessun parola alcuna. Allora, Figaro, vola alla fortuna. Vostra eccellenza vada a casa mia e porti se con l'abito da soldato il biglietto d'alloggio e ancor dell'oro. E dell'oro? Perché? Perché a dirla, signore, schiettamente, senza un poco d'or non si fa niente. Non dubitar, oh Figaro, non dubitar, oh Figaro, dell'oro porterò, dell'oro porterò. Benissimo, signore, benissimo, signore, ora ritornerò, ora ritornerò. Ehi, Figaro, eccellenza, ascolta, abbi pazienza, Prendi la tua chitarra, la prendo in bene, la tua dimora o solido, così gliela dirò, così gliela dirò, gliela dirò, gliela dirò. La mia bottega è a quattro passi, tinta celeste, vetri piombati, con tre bacini sopraffaccati, per te insegna uno che vado. Chiamasi l'indoro, ma gli ho un difetto, è innamorata morto il poveretto. Di chi va? Si figuri, è una bella persona, dolce, 
tenera, accorta, con piede ed una vita che vi incanta, braccio tondo, bel labbro e belli denti, gote rosse, occhi neri e poi cospetto. Che si chiama? Che il nome non l'ho detto. Oi, boh, ditemi il nome, non lo dirò a nessuno, sul mio onore. È la pupilla del suo tutore. La pupilla? Non credo! Egli è impaziente di venir qui lui stesso! Oh, che non venga! Egli mi perderebbe! Glielo proibisca, vostra signoria! Due parole gli scriva. Io qui l'ho scritte. Tenete questa, è sol per amicizia. Per amicizia sol, non per amore. Cieli, fuggiamo, torna il mio tutore. Lei fugga pure. Io fuggo. Io mi nascondo per ascoltar che cosa si diranno. Figaro scennerato, ma rovinato tutta la famiglia. Narcotici al povero svegliato, al giovinetto stranutiglio. Che il diavolo porti via i servitori e neanche un momento andar non si può fuori. Dove sei, giovinetto? Dove sei tu, svegliato? Oh, quel furbo di barbiere. Ma rovinato! Giovinetto, vieni qua, 
Via starnuterai domani, starnuterai domani. Rispondete, se qualcuno da Rosina è qui venuto, da Rosina è qui venuto. E c'è che canta questo qui. E c'è che canta questo qui.
Ramnischiate voi, o don Basilio! E che rapporto ha mai, piano, crescendo con la mia situazione? Molto da fare, se si vuole un nemico allontanare. Io penso di sposar Rosina prima che la sappia che il conte è questo mondo. Quando dunque è così, non c'è da perdere nemmeno un istante. Che cosa manca mai? Manca il contante. Voi lesinando andate. Orsù, prendete e terminate presto questo affare. Domani il matrimonio sa da fare. Che bella precauzione di tutto avvertire il padre il padrone. Io darò a tutti e due tanto da fare che al matrimonio non potranno pensare. Signor mio, era qui con qualcuno? Sì, ben, con Don Basilio. Non era meglio fosse il signor Figaro? Per me tutto gli stessi. Bramerei sapere perché qui venne. A parlare serio e venne ad informarmi del male dell'inferma Marcellina. Per me scommetterei che i venne apposta per prendere da voi qualche risposta. La risposta di chi? Oh, lo so ben io. Scritto avete, signora. Saria bella che voi vorreste farmi e questo dito nero che vuol dire? Che vuol dire che a caso il dito mi bruciai per guarirne l'inchiostro lo temprai. Benissimo, vediamo. Qui verano sei fogli ed ora sono cinque. Ostolida che fui, il sesto. Il sesto. Un cartoccio ne feci e con dei dolci di figaro alla figlia lo mandai. Questa penna era nuova ed ora come tinta. Me ne servì poc'anzi per disegnare un fiore sulla veste che ricavo per voi, sopra il tamburo. Oh, non arrossite. E allora sono sicuro. Veramente ho torto e vedo, veramente ho torto e vero, quando un dito s'è bruciato, con l'inchiostro risanato, egli è certo che servo. S'è bruciato con l'inchiostro risanato, ed è certo che servo. Se una penna ti resta, fu cagion che sulla testa nuovo fior si disegnò. Se di carta un foglio manca, voi mi dite. Molto franca, che alla figlia del barriere un cartoccio pieno di dolci in quest'oggi si mandò, in quest'oggi si mandò. Ma il dito è nero, la penna è tinta, il foglio manca, il foglio manca. 
Sapete legger voi, dottor Bertoldo, bella domanda. E perché no? Io son dottore e leggere non so. <ride> voi, dottore, si ben senza talento. Il maniscalco io son dal reggimento. <ride> Bello. Ed ecco l'amoroso biglietto che vi manda per me il quartier mastro. Il dottor Bartolo riceverà e nutrirà e da dormir darà. Dormir darà! Per una notte sola trovato l'indoro chiamato lo scolaro medico di cavalli. Cosa c'è? Ho torto adesso. Sì, ben, direte al vostro grande arcimpertinente quartier mastro che io tengo un salvaguardia. Ho contratempo, vo vederlo, ben che leggere, non so. Ben! Nel cassetto a prenderlo andero.
tirati il fazzoletto che cascarla lascerò quel tuo cuore che in prospetto come prenderla potrò Soldato, non guardate la mia sposa, vostra sposa. Sì, signore. Sposa no, ma mio tutore. <ride> Ho creduto il suo pigiamolo, il suo no. Il suo tritabolo, il suo nonno, il suo tritabolo. Aspettate, aspettate, aspettate. Aspettate, leggero. Sì, sì, sì. Aspettate, leggero. Noi sottoscritti. Facciamo fema al diavolo, cosa mi importa? Signor soldato, che sono un cavolo, non manirate, ne perdonate, che servi miei, perché averò? Bene, se andate via, perché pentirvi, ben vi farò. Papa di nera, papa impazzina, per verde il vento, papa si ferma. Dolcemente, vi 
Act two of Paisiello's version of the Barber of Seville begins in Rosina's room. It's nighttime, and from Bartolo's monologue, we gather that Rosina has stayed true to her promise uh, and obeyed her lover's instructions. Uh, she has become short-tempered, reproachful, even refuses to take her music lesson from Don Basilio. A loud knocking is heard at the front door, and Bartolo opens it, uh, and we see uh, a strange-looking character who professes uh, to be a scholar. Uh, of course, he is in disguise. He is, in fact, the Count. Uh, and he sings uh, a rather pretentious aria, Peace and Joy Be With Us. Uh, in fact, it, it's so distracting to Bartolo because the disguised Count keeps repeating the note G uh, for some dozen measures. Finally, Bartolo is able to stop this annoyance, uh, and his visitor announces that his name is Don Alonso, and he's a pupil of Don Basilio, uh, who is ill at home. Alonso has just laid his hands on a letter written to none other than the Count of Almaviva by Bartolo's ward, Rosina. Now that Bartolo is making the final arrangements for his wedding, this letter might prove very useful as at least a last resort in trying to persuade Rosina to go through the ceremony. By telling her that the Count had given the letter to one of his mistresses, it would appear that Lindoro was the Count's procurer. This bit of slander is just right for the doctor, uh, and he congratulates Alonso uh, as a worthy pupil of Basilio. But to get the scheme to work, it's necessary that Rosina, in fact, meet Alonso. But this is no problem. Bartolo will simply introduce Alonso as Basilio's stand-in uh, at the music lesson. And so he goes off to fetch his ward. The success of this new phase of the Count's plan now depends on Rosina's being on good terms with Bartolo, but Rosina has not been apprised of this latest development. In fact, from the other room, she can be heard quarreling vehemently with Bartolo. Uh, but upon entering the room, she instantly recognizes the Count. Uh, when she's recovered from her shock, she meekly agrees to take her lesson after all, in Bartolo's attendance, uh, she sings an aria for, from the, the uh, opera that she had used before in Act One, uh, and Bartolo is just disgusted with having to hear uh, music from this piece he despises so much yet again uh, that after a slight at the music, uh, he demonstrates what he regards as really good song and snaps his fingers to some crude little ditty while Figaro, who has just entered, imitates his, the old man behind his back. Figaro has come to shave Bartolo, who orders the barber to set up shop right here in Rosina's room. Of course, so he can keep an eye on her. 
Figaro goes out to get some soap, a basin, and towels, and then we hear what sounds like the breaking of, of crockery. Uh, Bartolo jumps up, bolts out of the room, uh, and in his absence, count, the Count has enough time now to tell Rosina what's up, uh, that he will come to visit her that very night, entering her room through the shutters. He's about to explain the letter intrigue when Bartolo returns, irritated by Figaro's clumsiness. To complicate matters first, in comes Don Basilio. Uh, Bartolo inquires about his health, he was supposed to have been ill, and mentions Alonso's name, which shocks Basilio. Don Alonso, who is that? Uh, and with each question, uh, he produces the same general effect. Finally, the Count convinces Bartolo that Basilio's presence might give their plot away to Rosina. So he suggests uh, that uh, Basilio doesn't look well, in fact. Uh, and to get this point across, uh, the Count now hands him a purse. So one by one, all tell Basilio that he is as yellow as a corpse, that he's burning up with fever, his eyes are red, he should be, in fact, in bed. Uh, so Basilio, feeling at the purse, understands and obligingly makes his exit, usually provoking laughter in the audience. So we've got rid of Basilio, and now uh, Figaro resumes shaving Bartolo. But uh, he overhears what the Count is saying to Rosina. And again, his suspicions uh, liven, and, and he now seems uh, are well-founded, since he hears Almaviva whisper to Rosina that he has the keys uh, and will be in her room at midnight. Pushing Figaro out of the way, Bartolo creeps up behind the lovers and hears enough to confirm his worst fears. Exploding with fury and indignation, Bartolo chases the Count and Figaro from his house. That ends the first part uh, of Act Two. Later in the evening, uh, set to a violent thunderstorm that seems to parallel Bartolo's anger, uh, Bartolo and Basilio are reviewing what's occurred this day. And the truth dawns on them that the mysterious Alonso is none other than the Count's agent, if not the Count himself. Wasting no time, Bartolo sends Basilio out to find the notary so that he can marry Rosina that night. They hear voices. Rosina enters, and Bartolo, returning from the front door, pays his trump card. He produces the letter she wrote to her lover, the same letter given to him by the impostor Alonso. Believing that she's been betrayed now, Rosina agrees to marry Bartolo. In fact, she informs her guardian of the Count's intention of entering her room at midnight, fearing that he may be armed. Bartolo goes out at once to call the police. Alone, Rosina abandons herself to her grief in a moving, accompanied recitative. The shutters open, and the Count and Figaro enter. 
congratulating themselves on their purported triumph. Rosina greets her lover with bitterness. He has been planning all along as the Count's agent to sell her to his master. Her lover then explains all, throws off his cloak to reveal his glorious nobleman's clothes, and he confesses his true identity. They sing a tender love duet, uh, which is the beginning of the finale. Basilio and the notary come in. Uh, the notary has brought the marriage contract with him and is ready for the ceremony. Basilio agrees to go over to the Count's side, having first been given another purse. The ceremony concludes just as Bartolo bursts into the room with the police trailing behind him. But the doctor is faced with a fait accompli, and the police have no intention of laying a hand on the Count. In the words of Rosina and the Count, there is a moral here. Whenever young hearts beat in time to love, all precautions are always useless. And so the opera ends. The cast, Graziella Schiutti as Rosina, Nicola Monti, the Count Almaviva, Rolando Panerai as Figaro, Renato Capecchi as Dr. Bartolo, uh, Mario Petri as Basilio, uh, and we heard the Virtuosi di Roma, directed by Renato Fasano. In this performance of Giovanni Paisiello's The Barber of Seville.
questa rietta per dire il ver rapisce e madama assai bene l'eseguisce lei mi burla signore la gloria è sul dovuto al precettore a me sembra d'aver troppo dormito L'intesi la bellaria, ma si è detto fra noi in buona pace. Ta maniera di canto non mi piace. A me piacciono quell'aria facili e tenere. Per esempio, di quelle che io cantava allora nella primiera gioventù. Voglio vedere se mi ricordo più. Yeah. <laughs> 
Chiavi e a mezzanotte 
non so, qualcosa entrò nell'occhio, non so finate, non so finate, e l'occhio manco, e l'occhio manco, faccia il piacere, soffiarci un po', faccia il piacere, soffiarci un po', per quel riguardo il vostro foglio, io mi trovai in tale imbroglio e fui obbligato
amate eccellenza signor non dubitate eccellenza che dice o oh, amabil donna finger non posso più a vostri piedi non vedete l'indor ma d'alma viva il conte io son che da sei mesi in poi vi cerco ogni ora in vano che v'offre il cor ecco la mano I hope next time we'll have another interesting and unusual opera in the Opera Box to present to you. This has been Lou Smoley for the Opera Box. And please don't forget to make a contribution to the website to keep it a free service. Just go to our homepage at classicalpodcasts.com where you can donate any amount through PayPal.